The Temple Fuel podcast is designed to provide inspiration, motivation, and a safe space for the woman trying to navigate through life's changes while on the way to her God-given destiny. My hope is that you leave each episode a little less tired and more inspired. Let's start the show. Hello, blessed people. Welcome to the Temple Fuel Podcast. If you're new here, I am your host, Monica. If you're not new, welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you guys are doing well. Happy July. Happy July. If you have not heard the first episode, um, this is the second (laughs) of July. But I hope you're doing well. I hope you're enjoying the heat wherever you are. I hope you are getting some sun. I hope you are getting some pool time in. I just hope you are just enjoying the weather. Like I know it's hot, hot someplace and you're like I really am not trying to be outside but I'm telling you vitamin D it does the body good it does the body good but I hope that you guys are doing good out there hope you're well excited about today's episode but you know you know how it goes I'm gonna say that every episode because anytime God gives me a word to speak it excites me it's for me first I get all excited about it I go and start studying some more then I read then I study some more then I read and I just get all excited about it so every episode I'm excited and I hope you guys are excited too and this one I'm just I'm just excited I'm just excited y'all can just hear it you can tell I'm excited about today's message so I hope that you guys are doing well. I really do. Really, really genuinely hope you're doing well. You know, we are about, what, halfway almost? Yeah, about halfway through the year. Um, I just pray you guys are doing well. I just, I really do. I hope you guys are doing well out there. I pray and hope that each and every episode is blessing you. Most of all, encouraging you because we all need each other. Okay. Um, we all need somebody to lean on. Is that what the song says? (laughs) So, you know, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you really do leave each episode encouraged, inspired that you're telling somebody else, you know, and most of all that you got something that you can chew on and you're just, you're feeling better about this thing called life once you, you know, close out from listening so i love you guys um thank you for the new subscribers thank you to the current old subscribers i'm just grateful for my community you know as always i encourage you you know if this episode blesses you make sure that you go and subscribe if you haven't already make sure you like share with somebody else you know you never know what somebody might need like i said we all lean on each other so hope you guys are doing good let's go ahead and get on into today's episode um of course if you are driving don't do this but if you're not driving grab your pen grab your paper open up your note tab on your phone because you know we got notes to take we're going to be taking notes i want to make sure you get these scriptures down i want to make sure you can go back and read it for yourself because i don't want you to think i'm just saying any old thing right (laughs) so i want you to be able to go back and read this word for yourself um I'm excited. I'm excited, y'all. So let's just jump right in. So today's topic is Jesus calls me friend. Am I acting like one? Jesus calls me friend. Am I acting like one? And I didn't put but in there because if you don't know, but just cancels everything that was previously stated in the sentence. And Jesus calls us friend and we're going to talk about it. I want us to examine ourselves, though, in today's episode to see if we're acting friend like if we're acting friend like so i'm gonna jump right in we're gonna start with scripture like i said get your pen and paper out or get your note tab out or whatever you use to go back whatever you use to take notes and go back and look at it go ahead and get that out if you can so we're going to start with john 15 and 15 i'm going to read the christian standard bible and i may have different versions that i pull out just depending on whatever the lord told me to do as far as with my notes but this is the christian standard bible this is that version 
and it's John 15 and 15 and it reads I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father this is Jesus speaking then Jesus goes on to say this is in red in your Bible you did not choose me but I chose you that that is a bar right there y'all that part Jesus just he just sliced us up with that just just to remind you he said you did not choose me but I chose you I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name he will give you and I mean we could just unpack that I'm gonna read it again you did not choose me but I chose you I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name he will give you now you got to be producing fruit to ask the father in Jesus name so he can give it to you I'm just gonna leave that there that was John 15 and 16 we read John 15 and 15 and John 15 16 that was the Christian Standard Bible so today we're going to kind of address a little bit how to be a friend of Christ and components of a good friend according to the word of God. So today we're not going to, you know, we ain't using Webster. We're not using uh, uh, whatever other version is out there. Google, Wikipedia. You know, we're going to stick with the definitions that the father has given us in his word. You know, I love definitions. I believe in going and, and checking your definitions. However, I want to see what Jesus has to say about how to be a good friend and what the components of a good friend looks like according to the word of God. So I'm going to give you a couple of these um, components according to scripture. It's going to be a lot of scripture reference. So like I said, write it down, memorize it, come back, listen again, share it with somebody, tell them to remind you, whatever you got to do. So number one, how to be a friend of Christ, a components of a good friend. They're obedient, aka or obedient slash willing to hear good advice from a friend. So to break that down, they listen to what God commands when we're talking about Christ. And I would even go one step further to say because they trust what he has to say. So it's easy to listen to someone when you trust what they have to say. It's easy to, to listen to Christ. It's easy to listen to his commandments when you trust what he has to say. Proverbs 27 and 9, this is the New Living Translation says, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. I'm going to read it again. Proverbs 27 and 9, The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. So again, to be a good friend, a good component of being a good friend according to, to the word, according to Christ, is you're willing to hear good advice from that friend slash we're obedient to Christ. So we listen to Christ, we obey his commands because we trust him. And then on the flip side, as far as being a friend in the natural, we should be willing to hear good advice from our friend. So the heartfelt counsel of a friend is the sweetest perfume and incense. So we should be willing to hear good advice from our friend, especially if we know that our friend does not mean us any harm, especially if we know, you know, especially if we know that the friend has been there, done that, you know, and we actually call them friend, not associate, not somebody I know. That's why it's so important not to use that term, not to use that title lightly because if you call somebody friend they should definitely be able to give you advice not tell you what to do you shouldn't want anybody to tell you what to do that's a manipulative relationship they should be able to give you advice 
Proverbs 12, 26, this is the New Living Translation. It says, the godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Read that again. And there was a semicolon there. The godly give good advice to their friends, semicolon. The wicked leads them astray. And that's Proverbs 12 and 26. So the godly give good advice to their friends. They want them to succeed. The wicked, they lead their friends astray. The ones that don't care, the ones that are wicked, the scripture says that they lead their, their friends astray. So how to be a friend of Christ, components of a good friend according to the word of God is you're willing to hear good advice from your friend and you're obedient to Christ. Number two, you're loving. You're loving. Proverbs 17 and 17 says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult time. This is what I command you. Love one another. That's John 15 and 17. I kind of blended those in together. So Proverbs 17 and 17 says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult time. Then John 15 and 17 says this is what I command you. Love one another. I think love just it says enough you you have love a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for difficult times you love through the difficulties and Christ commands us is one of his greatest commandments is to love one another number three loyal Proverbs 27 and 10 says don't abandon your friend or your father's friend and don't go to your brother's house in your time of calamity better a neighbor nearby than a brother far away Proverbs is just full of wisdom. So a good friend, a good friend according to Christ, according to the word of God, is they're loyal. They don't abandon their friend or their father's friend. <laughs> you don't go to your brother's house in your time of calamity. Better a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. So uh, I feel like that goes with you stick by your friend. If that's a friend, if that's the title you're giving them, you stick by them. Proverbs 27 and 10. I'm excited. I want to dive into this. And this is the, the, the CSB version, the Christian Standard Bible again. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love. But whoever gossips about it separates friends. I'm going to read it that again. Proverbs 27 and 10. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love. But whoever gossips about it separates friends. And now this is not sitting here talking about, you know, um, we want to keep our friends and family away from harm. If there's a harmful situation, something that's going to harm them, you know, then that's a different story. This is talking about stirring up strife and drama and mess. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. This is talking about gossiping, being messy, spreading words and conversation. And just because it's true doesn't mean that you need to keep repeating it. And that's something that if you're a friend, according to the word, you conceal that. You don't gossip about it because it, like the scripture tells us, it separates friends when you gossip about an offense. So it's better to you to, to talk to that person and say, hey, so, so and so, you know, if that person really offended you, I think you should go to them. And if they don't feel like they can go to them, try to help them to come up with productive solutions. And if they don't feel like they can go to them, why? If that's a friend, not an associate, why do you feel like you cannot go to them and talk to them about something that um, that offended them? But the point of the scripture is we're not we're not up here egging people on. We're not up here, you know, spreading, you know, what the offense is because 
whoever gossip is separates a good it can separate a good friend so we have to watch the conversations we keep we have to watch you know the conversations that we're encouraging um you know people should be able to come to us in confidence you know i'm very picky about venting venting has to be productive in my mind you know i don't really like to vent to be honest unless i know that it's going to be productive you know some might say well it's getting it off your chest and sometimes you don't need to get off your chest sometimes it needs to be in a journal sometimes you need to talk to a professional sometimes you need to just talk to the lord that's my personal opinion i, I didn't say that was in the bible <laughs> that's that's my personal opinion you know so i'm not saying that we shouldn't be there to vent we just need to make sure that we're people need to vent to people who are mature enough to handle venting that's very very important you know if you are talking to someone who's messy who's always in their feelings cannot give sound advice always angry popping off at the mouth that's not a mature person to vent to so you know that wouldn't be a person that's going to be able to conceal an offense they're probably going to gossip and it could separate the friendship so we got to watch the conversations we keep you know I believe Christ puts us around people, you know, even if it's one or two or three that we can trust, you know, it's just important that the ones you can trust that they are mature and they can handle some of those difficult conversations. It's very important. Very, very important. Proverbs 17 and 9 says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And that's Jesus. Jesus laid down his life. And I know there's some out there that will say, you know, husbands and wives, I'll lay down my life for you, maybe. You know, I'll take a bullet, I should say, but I don't know if I'm going to lay down my life for you. And that's Proverbs 17 and 9. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. That's Jesus there. You know, remember, we're talking about um, how to be a friend of Christ and components of a good friend according to the word of God. So if you're wondering, well, how do I be a good friend of Christ? I hear you on the people, but Christ. You know, how do I be a good friend of Christ? This is all in the word. You'll be able to see how both of these translate and even what to look for in a good friend. Proverbs 27 and 6. I told you I'm loading y'all down with words. So I hope you got your, your writing utensils down. You need to be backtracking and going back and studying and reading to see, did this say this for real or did this just sound good? Because I know it sounds good and you like, wait, that's in the word? It's in the word. You got to read your word. So Proverbs 27 and 6. Forgiving. Forgiving is a component. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. That's the New Living Translation. I'm going to read it again. It says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So basically what this scripture is talking about is a friend might, might offend you. You know, but that's better than kisses from an enemy, from somebody who's deceitful and deceptive. So wounds from a sincere friend are better. Somebody wounding you, somebody, aka being a friend, a friend wounding you or hurting you, from a sincere friend are better than wounds and kisses from an enemy. It's better to have a good friend, a, a, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother that might have made a mistake, that might have hurt your feelings, that might have said something wrong. It's better to get a, have a wound from a sincere friend than from a Delilah. And if you don't know what I'm referencing, Delilah and Samson, than having an enemy all in your face. And there's been plenty of other biblical references that I could give you too. But it's much, much better to have wounds from a sincere friend. That that friend that sticketh closer than a brother that might have offended you whether they meant to at the time or did not mean to. And you might be thinking, meant to? That ain't a friend. Sometimes we make mistakes, y'all. Sometimes we have to grow. So a good friend, a friend according to the word of God is forgiving. The next component, how to be a friend of Christ. We're talking about how to be a friend of Christ, components of a good friend according to the word of God. 
they're supportive they're supportive especially in times of trouble ecclesiastics 4 and 10 says for if either falls his companion can lift him up but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up and there was a semicolon after that up so i'm gonna read it again supportive is a component is a characteristic of a good friend according to the word of god not webster the word they're supportive, especially in times of trouble. And Ecclesiastes 4 and 10, it's the Christian Standard Bible again, says, For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. I'm telling you, where two or three are gathered, God is in the midst. He's in the midst. You, you want a partnership here. You want community. That's why I go so hard for community. Because we cannot do this alone. I, I, my, I've said it before. I think I said it in the last episode. I need to put it on the t-shirt. The saying it takes a, a, a village applies more in adulthood. It applies in adulthood. But a, a, a good friend is supportive according to the word of God. That was Ecclesiastes 4 and 10. Next is Proverbs 17 and 17. This is the New Living Translation. A friend is always loyal. And a brother is born to help in time of need. This word says a brother is born to help. My God, in the time of need. A friend is always loyal. And a brother is born to help in time of need. A friend is always loyal. Are y'all listening? Proverbs 17 and 17. New Living Translation. A friend is always loyal. We're talking about a friend. Don't you want to be a friend of God? Jesus calls me friend. Am I acting like one? Am I loyal? Am I being loyal to Jesus? Am I being loyal to those I call friends? Because I expect loyalty. And a brother is born to help in time of need. They're supportive. And I know that could go with loyalty. I think it can go with supportiveness too, right? A friend is always loyal. And a brother is born to help in time of need. Ephesians 4 and 2. A good component of being a good godly friend. How to be a friend of God. You're patient. Ephesians 4 and 2 says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Did, did you see? The love word was in there too. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults. Now, I'm, I, this is the Bible. That's why you need to write it. Because I know you like make an allowance for somebody to do me wrong. What? We talking about friends. Ephesians 4 and 2, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord. Making allowance. Now, what's an allowance? We could have looked that word up. Making room, giving a little bit over for each other's faults because of your L-O-V-E, because of your love. Ephesians 4 and 2, I got to read it again. I just feel led to read it again. Always be humble and gentle. Period. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. That blessed me. I, I don't know what it did for you. It blessed me. Ephesians 4 and 2 because we want to be Christ-like. We want to do things Christ-like. We want to be. Jesus calls me friend. Am I acting like one? Am I acting like one? Mm. Am I acting like one? Not just with our friends. Am I acting like one towards Jesus? Am I acting like one? This is his word. Am I treating him like a friend? 
Ask yourself. This is self-evaluation, self-examination episode. Every episode is that, you know, specifically we're examining ourselves. Am I, Jesus calls me friend. Am I acting like a friend? Because we, we, you know how we are in the natural. We can tell everybody what they ain't doing and how they're not being a good friend to us. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about us in our relationship with Christ. Are we acting like a friend? Are we being friendly? Hmm. Ecclesiastics 4 and 12, the Christian Standard Bible. And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. And if someone overpowers one person, two where two or three are gathered. Ain't that what the scripture says? We didn't even reference that. And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. And that's Ecclesiastics 4 and 12. That's the Christian Standard Bible. And I want to say, you know, I know we often hear that scripture referencing wedding vows. However, the book Ecclesiastics is wisdom literature. Um, it's important to know what type of literature each book of the Bible is that you're reading so that it helps you to place it in context. It is wisdom literature, just like the book of Proverbs. So this is just wisdom you're able to obtain from reading the book. So I don't want us to be bound up because we heard this at our cousin's wedding or at a wedding you know it is it's used for weddings of course we're talking you know in, in the wedding tradition i believe specifically they're talking about of course god the husband and the wife um however this is not uh, you know i'm doing my studies i've studied i don't see where this is exclusive to a wedding vows it's not exclusive to that again i'm not saying there's anything wrong with using it it's not exclusive to wedding and wedding vows so i want you to understand ecclesiastics this book is wisdom literature okay so it's it's wisdom you can gain wisdom from it it helps guide your life it helps guide your path it helps you make good decisions so um i wanted to just just wanted to make a note of that so and if someone overpowers one person two can resist him a cord of three strands is not easily broken Jesus and two others where two or three are gathered he's in the midst you see how that just web together real well was woven together real well I don't know if web is a word but you know <laughs> stick with me stick with me so I'm going to share something else with you I want to share something else with you okay I'm going to read Matthew 13 10 through 17 this is the Christian standard Bible again then the disciples came up and asked him why are you speaking to them in parables he answered, because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. For whoever has, more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That is why I speak to them in parables, because looking, they do not see. And hearing, they do not listen or understand. Pay attention to that. It says, that is why I speak to them in parables. Because looking, they do not see. And hearing, they do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back. And I would heal them. Blessed are your eyes because they do see and your ears because they do hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see, but didn't see them. To hear the things you hear, but did not hear hear them christian standard bible matthew 13 10 through 17 and I, I got a question for you did you know that jesus taught with parables to teach a moral lesson or truth that's the reason parables are in our bible oftentimes the parables are in red 
Um, you can definitely find them in the Gospels as well. Uh, Matthew, Luke, Mark. Why am I drawing a blank? Matthew, Matthew, Luke, and Mark. I feel like I'm missing one. Anywho, guys, you can find them in the Gospels. Jesus taught with parables to teach a moral lesson or truth. You know, a parable is not usually factual. It can be. A parable is typically a story that is true to life, related and designed to make a central point. That's the reason for a parable. Every detail of the parable will reinforce that central point. So Jesus uses parables to teach a central point. It's almost like a lesson plan. You know, it's like, um, you know, like a math word problem is how I use it. You know, I can use, they say what they call them. I believe it's a word problem. You know, if I want you to get the answer, I'll do it in a word problem. Johnny had five apples. Johnny went to the store. Johnny lost two apples. That kind of thing is how I, I liken or how I compare a parable. So a parable is not usually factual. A parable is a story that is true to life, related and designed to make one central point. Every detail of that parable will reinforce that central point. I want you to know two reasons, and it really gave it to you in the scripture. If you followed and you called it, I hope you did. Two reasons Jesus taught with parables. One, to reveal truth to believers, and two, to hide truth from those who rejected truth or hardened their hearts against it. That's why Jesus taught in parables, to reveal truth and to hide truth from those who already rejected or hardened their hearts against it. They weren't going to get it. Matthew 13, 10 and 17 tells you that. They weren't going to get it. So he he spoke in parables. Mark 4, 10 through 12 says, When he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. He answered them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those outside, everything comes in parables so that they may indeed you look and yet not perceive. They may indeed listen and yet not understand. Here's the proof right in what I just said. Matthew, excuse me, Mark 4, 10 through 12. Let's make sure we're writing it down because we need to go back and check this. You know what I'm saying? So the king, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those outside, everything comes in parables so that they may indeed look and yet not perceive. They may indeed listen and yet not understand. Otherwise, they might turn back and be forgiven. Mark 4, 10 through 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. <laughs> Mark 4, 10 through 12. Excuse me, y'all. And so I, I want to circle back and leave you with the original question. Jesus calls me friend. Am I acting like one? Am I obedient to Christ? Am I loving? Am I loyal? Am I forgiving? Am I supportive? Am I patient? And as we're talking about this and as we're thinking about, you know, am I these things towards Christ? Also, of course, examine your friendships that you have in, in your life now. And every friendship, you may have more than one title. There might be a friendship, you know, you should be hopefully friends with your spouse. You know, you can be friends with your children as well, I believe. You know, some people don't believe that, you know, but I, I believe you can be friends with your children and still have respect. Um, you know. As you're just listening and as we went through this, you know, we were talking about how to be a friend of Christ and components of a good friend according to the word of God. And, you know, what originally led me to this is I was just praying last week, one of the something I was, you know, just praying last week. And I said, God, I want to be your friend, you know, and the Holy Spirit just downloaded it into me. And I he already calls us friend. Now it's our job to look at ourselves and say, am I friend-like? Am I worthy to be a friend? Now, we read in the scripture, I chose you. You didn't choose me. 
I appointed you to go and produce fruit that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask in the Father, the Father in my name, he will give you. Jesus calls us friend. I, and I've been thinking about the song. I like, I'm going to start pairing songs with uh, the messages if God so tells me to, if he leads me to. You know, I'm already thinking I'm a friend of God uh, by Israel Houghton and Newbury, right? So I'm going to put that in the show notes so you can listen to it a few times. I've just been humming it and listening to it. One of the songs that I've just had in my mind, on my heart, you know, Jesus calls me friend. Am I acting like one? He doesn't call you servant anymore because he said a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. That's why we talked about the parables. He he gives us mysteries that are not known to the world. He he shows us things that people do not know. You know, he shows us even the psychics and the and the witches and warlocks. They only got so much, even though they pull in from a different realm, and that's a different conversation to get this information. They don't know, they don't know as much as the knowledge and information that we're getting because we're on the Lord's side, okay? So Jesus does not call a servant. He said, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I call you friend. So I want you to ask yourself, am I treating Jesus like a friend? And you might think that sounds strange and weird. Jesus is a spirit and, and he's not here with me. If we entertain angels unaware, why why don't you think he's here with you? If he can, if the rocks can cry out, if the trees can sway to his glory, if rain can, you know, give him glory, if 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 flowers can uh you know burst through the ground and all of those things, I'm maybe not saying it right, all these things that can give God glory. If we can see rainbows of promise, if we can see all of these things that just prove that Christ is living and that he is for us. If he can work through signs and he can work through wonders, why don't you feel like, why, why, why do you feel like he's just, you know, just a spirit and you, you won't be able to have any tangible way to, to feel him and to acknowledge that he is present and he is with you. You know, why, why do you feel that way? So I want you to ask yourself, you know, am I acting like a friend to Jesus? He already calls me friend. John 15 and 15 told me I'm not a servant. I'm not a servant. A servant don't know what his master is doing. A servant gets enough information to serve. The servant gets enough information. My God, thank you, Jesus. The servant gets enough information to do the work. I call you friend because I've been I'm making known to you everything I've heard from my father through the power of the Holy Spirit, through signs, through wonders, through my vessels. I'm making known to you different things and I'm calling you friend. You're not you're not just a servant. Yes, one of the things we do is serve. Yes, we are called to disciple. Jesus is calling you friend. We're talking about the friend I have in Jesus today. Are you being friend like though? I want you to examine. Am I being friend like? Am I obedient? Am I willing to hear the advice from my good, good friend, my good, good father, Jesus? Am I obeying his commands because I trust him or am I struggling? And if you're struggling, I, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just asking you to examine your friend, your level of friendship, your side of this friendship with Christ. Am I loving? Am I loyal? Am I accepting his counsel? What am, what am, and I, at the same time, like I said, we mirrored how we should be operating in our natural friendships. However, I want you to really, really examine, first and foremost, your relationship with Christ. And I want you to look at these characteristics and these components, and I'm going to put them all in the show notes to ask yourself, this is, what, this is my compass. This is my moral guide. Am I treating Christ this way? And am I treating others this way as I'm expecting others to treat me this way? Jesus calls me friend. Am I acting like one? Am I acting like one to Jesus? Am I acting like one? 
Are we treating Christ like the friend he calls us? We're not servants anymore, saints. You know, And if you if this resonates with you, it's for you. If it doesn't, then it, it may not be for you. You need to go to God. Jesus calls me friend. Am I acting like one? I love you guys. I encourage you to become a friend. For you, for you to be doing your friend part to God. He already calls you friend. I encourage you to step in your position and start being a friend to Jesus. I encourage you to start being a friend to Jesus. I love you guys. I pray this word blessed you and encouraged you. If you did get something from it, subscribe, like, leave a comment, share with somebody. Share with somebody who might need to know how to be a friend to Jesus. Who might need to know how to be a friend to others. What Jesus calls a friend. I love you guys. Be sure to check out the website, uh, templefuel1.com for resources. All kind of resources out there. I love you guys and I will see you guys later.